Hello? Yo, you there? Yeah, that's kind of wild, bro. It calls you, like, from a normal phone number and, like, tells you. Yeah, so it calls you from a, a different phone number. Yeah, so it calls you from, a, uh, yeah, like, a Florida phone number. So that's, you know, and then it's like, hello, Brains and Bars would like to interview you. If you, <laughs> this will be recorded. Press one if you're okay. Yeah, can you hit one? <laughs> wow, that's was like some prison type stuff. It's kind of weird. And yeah. in Florida. Like, I know you had to feel yeah. like a kind of way about answering the Florida phone number. I totally did. I was like, man, yeah, right. I'm getting get right. <laughs> if we literally hadn't just got off the phone, I would have not answered that much. That's what's up. So, uh, you're listening to, this is A1 alongside the good homie A Ward, and this is our debut uh, episode from the Anchor app. Anchor app is trying to revolutionize the way that you do radio digitally. And so, you know, we are the co-host of It's a Black and White Thing podcast. Um, You can check us out. You can check us out at soundcloud.com backslash brains and bars. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. We're also at ampedentertainment.net. Shout out to the good homies there. They just dropped a new track. Speaking of Amped Entertainment, quick plug. uh, The good homie Chris Cobbins and our brother, I think it's Entertainment, has just partnered up with Amp Records to uh, to collaborate on some new music. Chris Coffins just dropped a new single called Waves. So go to Amp Entertainment, uh, AmpRecords.net, I think, to go check that out. Um, but again, you can find our podcast at AmpEntertainment.net. I think I got that right. Um, but shout you'll out find to- it one way or the other. Yeah, <laughs> you'll find it. Just go search Amp Records. You'll find it either way. Um, trying to think we're on Facebook, iTunes, search brains and bars there to follow and subscribe respectively. And I'll turn it over to a ward to give, give out his info and where you can find him. Yeah, definitely, man. Y'all can find me at imaward.com. It's pretty easy. Type it in, go click the hyperlinks. All my social media is there. Got tabs for podcasts, for the battles, for any and everything that I try to do weekly to overextend myself because I don't have enough time in the day. So if you want to know what's stressing me out next week, go click on my website. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. One thing real quick, though, um, before we get into sports-related topics, um, and I guess kind of introduce you guys to why we do this show, um, just want to send a quick shout-out to everyone who's been affected from Hurricane Harvey uh, down definitely. in the Gulf region, and uh, definitely want to send prayers and shouts out to, uh, you know, our friends, and I don't know if you have any family in the Florida area, but definitely yeah. for the people that mm-hmm. we know that are in Florida that are going to be potentially impacted by Hurricane Irma. Uh, I mean, this thing is looking pretty nasty right now, so our prayers and condolences go out to, to those people um, and hope and hope for their safety and for their homes and their, you know, their goods. Um, that they'll have something to return to once this thing is over. And, and uh, yeah, so um, prayers for the, for everyone who's been affected, man. Definitely, definitely. All right, so to give you guys, I guess, kind of a quick introduction to this show, um, you know, this show started three years ago, I believe. Um, and it was started primarily because A. Ward and I are amongst our peers. We're like some of the biggest college football fans around. And we started arguing about the SEC and who was better. Uh, or whether that conference was the preeminent uh, conference in, in all of college football. And, you know, we argued in our little group chat, and our friends were like, man, I wish I would take this on somewhere. We're, we, you're filling up the feed with this arguments and back and forth. Um, I would rant on Facebook about sports, and people were like, bro, you need to get your own show, blah, 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 blah. You know, and in the age of startups and, you know, doing your own thing digitally and entrepreneurship, if you will, 
I was like, hey, you know, I got, I have internet access. I have access to SoundCloud. Uh, the good homie A Ward, like he enjoys sports like I do. We have a lot of the same interests, at least in sports. So, you know, we decided to do the show, and so that's how this show was created. So, um, again, go check us out. And we still today. argue about those same topics today. We still <laughs> argue about those same topics today. Uh, but go check us out at any of, like I said, any of those outlets, or if you have the Anchor app, man, you can join us right yeah. here. Um, we'll be here from time to time. Like when we can't link up and record, we'll get on here, jump off about you no know, fifteen, I guess what, fifteen to thirty minutes maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll we'll just chop it up about some of the topics of the day, and then uh, you'll be able to check it out here on the Anchor app. So we appreciate you listening. Um, so I want to start off. You know, college football season kicked off in earnest last week. It was the start of real football, um, as I like to call it. Um, and one, you're, you are a Tennessee fan. You're from Knoxville. Um, and you know, Monday night on Labor Day, Labor Day, uh, they took on the Georgia Tech Bulldogs and their vaunted triple option wing T attack, um, straight out of 1925. And it was, it was an entertaining game. So I just want to get, I want to start there in the college football world to give your, your thoughts, what you, your experiences, what you were feeling as you watched that game. Oh man! Um, Thought-wise, uh, a win's a win. You beat a power power five conference team on a neutral site. Um, you get a W. You move on. Uh, especially when you're playing the option. Um, anytime you got to go up against that monster um, that you're not really used to preparing for, I think escaping with a W is is um, is great. Um, I can't lie to you and tell you that I'm. Thought it was a pretty win at all. Um, we gave up what 655 yards rushing, um, and literally just could not stop them. Um, so there's a lot of concern there on the defensive line, um, which we were going up what looked to be an undersized offensive line. There's a lot of concern there. With we did have a couple injuries in the game, um, but ultimately we're one and zero, or one and zero against the ACC. Um, and, you know, we move on to this week. And it's looking like, and you might be able to tell me after today, Absolutely. it's looking like – nope, you still there? Yep, Can there. you hear me? I just kind of blanked out just a right. bit. But, but, yeah, oh, no, you're good. <laughs> yeah. It's looking like, and uh, you can tell me after today, the SEC East is, is might be wide open again. So, <laughs> so hopefully uh, we could take that win um, as we did last year against Virginia Tech and put together three or four more solid wins and then try to finish the season out strong this year. Yeah, so, I mean, a couple of my takeaways, like, from that game just in watching it. One, um, I don't know why we still allow this option attack in 2017. I'm a Notre Dame fan. Uh, We'll get to them in a little bit. But, you know, they take on Navy for sure every year. Sometimes they'll play Army. Um, they play a partial ACC schedule, so somewhere down the line they're going to have to face Georgia Tech and Navy in the same season. Um, and so, you know, the cut blocking, like, you know, yeah. I know, we were watching that during our fantasy draft, and, you know, our friends were like, well, I don't get why they can't stop it. Because I'm like, man, it's it's really hard <laughs> to stop that attack on it on its face because, you know, you can practice for a year on that on that option attack, but when you have to go through the reality of someone cutting you, over and over and over again, like your yeah. own safety becomes, you know, it becomes kind of fight or flight in that way where it's like, okay, am I going to sell out my body and potentially have my knee blown out by this? 
I feel like they let option teams get away with holding too, especially on the edges a lot from their from their players. Is it, that which is another disadvantage. Um, but the, my one of my key takeaways is I think it names the kid's name was Ty, Taquan or Tequan Marshall or something like that at quarterback yeah. running that option for Georgia Tech. When you have a quarterback who can complete fifty percent of his passes because they're not going to throw the ball anyway a lot at uh, in these attacks, but when you have the threat of that and a kid who seems to be a really gifted runner, and that kid could run. I mean, mm-hmm. that kid could run. The, I think he ran for over 200 yards. Yeah, and four touchdowns. I mean. um, it is – yeah, I mean, it's like it's like facing Tebow. Like, I'm, and people yeah. want to hear me say that and go, you're nuts. But, no, when you have that – when you have that system with a guy who can be competent at passing the ball – when you get in third and, and nine and third and six and seven, because that's what you need because that option attack is set up to where you get three yards on first down, four yards on yeah. second down. And so they're repeatedly always in third and three, third and two, third and one, where it's just with that, they can do so many things out of their sets. It becomes tough to stop. Um, yeah. That, and you can't, you really can't, like you really can't, um, you you can't practice cut blocking either, you know? Like, the last thing you're going to have is your scout team knock out your, your starting linebacker's knees, you know? And the other thing is, like, when you're approaching a ball carrier and you're getting cut blocked, no matter what, you're always going to take a step back. Like, you don't see – I mean, you're always going to have that, hesita- that hesitation point, you know? Like, I mean, this guy's pulling and cutting yep. at your knees. Yep. So, it, it's literally – yeah, it literally all hinges upon, you know – how the linebacker gets past his man and is able to play assignment of football, but yeah. Yep. And the other, my other takeaway is who's, what's the name of Tennessee's new quarterback? Quentin Dormandy. Quentin Dormandy. Okay. Um, I don't, I mean, he's a, is he a redshirt sophomore? Junior. Or junior. Yikes. Yeah. So, my concern watching that Tennessee offense, and I think you're absolutely right, the SEC East is wide open. My concern watching him play, though, is he seemed to be a one-read guy. Um, there were a couple of plays. What, in the first half, he threw the one to triple coverage. And mm-hmm. then we went and looked at the, the replay. He had a man like, I'm like, bro, if there's four white jerseys around your one yellow, someone is being single covered and someone has won their matchup. And you saw in that same side of the field, there was, what, a deep out that was being run or a post pattern of some sort that was being run by a man who had beaten his man, was behind the defense, and if he just simply, you know, just put some air under it so his guy can run underneath it, it's a touchdown because he had, had, yeah, he had yeah. good separation. Um, there was another play where it, it got completed. Uh, the young man with the dreads, whose name I don't remember, um, number one for you guys. Marquez Callaway, yeah. Very well at wide receiver. Right. You know, he threw one up in, in the fourth quarter of that game where his man went up and made a play. And it's like, okay, you can get away with that stuff against Georgia Tech. Um, mm-hmm. Despite Florida seemingly, seemingly having an offense, a a, a uh, offense that is, while, while it may not be the wing tee, it looks like it's from 1922 because they have no quarterback yeah. as well. Um, they don't pass it either. You know, like their defense <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it seems like they just have been introducing the four pass for the first time as well at Florida. On offense. But, you know, it seems <laughs> their defense is still pretty good, you know. And so if you're going to beat, you know, the Floridas of the world, I mean, Vanderbilt, I don't know no- enough about how their defense is, but they were really sound defensively last year. You know, if you're mm-hmm. going to beat these teams in the SEC, like you're going to have to play better. And, I mean, Bama's still on the schedule, I take it? Oh, yeah, every year. 
Yep. So I mean, I mean, yikes. You know, Bama's on the schedule. Florida's on the schedule. You guys play LSU yep. this year? Sure do. <laughs> right. You know, so I mean, so I mean, the quarterback play has got to be better. I know you've been hyped about a true freshman that's on the roster. That's the backup. I mean, he's yep. a kid. He's been there now. This is his fourth no, year because he's a redshirt junior or third. Yeah, yeah, and actually, it's a redshirt. It's a redshirt freshman that's on the roster who was. Um, yeah, he. I mean, he's he's like Dobbs. You know, he's the he's the pull it down and run it type guy. Dormandy um, is obviously a pocket type guy, but he can get out there and run it. Um, what kind of made me feel a little bit better was I read, and I don't know how accurate it was a couple articles this week that Georgia Tech has um, what is considered the best secondary in the ACC, which I did not know. Um, and I don't know if it was considered the best, the most tenured, or what it was. But from what I understand, what they returned on defense, their secondary was highly regarded. Um, mind you, that doesn't really make up for him not hitting his second or third reads, because I think if they have a great secondary, then you would know that and realize how much you need to check down. <laughs> um, but uh, but um, but he did settle down in the second half. I think. Um, he was um, eight for twenty in the first half, and finished like fifteen of fifteen of twenty or something like that. And for the game, I mean, like he he really settled down in the second half. But yeah, you didn't see any kind of playmaker type ability. You know, you could, you saw a guy who let's I mean his first game ever, um, neutral site ACC team didn't turn the ball over. You know, no no interceptions. Um, now that might be by the grace of God from a couple of those passes he threw, but um, so I, I I fear that you know we, we might have got somebody that you know just kind of safe or whatever um, because our running back man he is going to be the next big thing honestly is what I feel. Um, John Kelly nice. rush. That kid is nice. Yeah, somebody's quote went, went viral this week and said John Kelly runs like Liam Neeson trying to chase chase, chase down a kidnapper. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. yeah. And, and so yeah. So, oh, who do you got today? Uh, Indiana State. So Larry Bird's alma mater. Um, so that should be. And, and they say the the, the redshirt freshman will play quite a bit today, so they'll get an idea of how to see him in college football action, whether it be Indiana State or not. Um, so um, so we'll get to see, you know, some other players step up, hopefully get out of there with a, a solid win um, and no injuries because the injury bug's been hitting us pretty bad. Yep. And so for those of you who may listen to this and scream, who are screaming at the, the Anchor app, a redshirt junior is a fourth-year player. I, I just realized that. Um so yeah, so Dormady is a fourth year player at uh at Tennessee. So we'll see what happens. That should be an easy W for the volunteers. Um looking around college football again, I reference the fact that I'm a Notre Dame fan and tonight in South Bend, Indiana, the Georgia Bulldogs, speaking of the SEC, will be in South Bend to take on the Fighting Irish, a night game for uh for both of those guys. A huge game, one of the big bigger games of the week. Uh, one of the more anticipated matchups took a little bit of a hit because Jacob Eason, the true sophomore quarterback, suffered an injury against was Appalachian State, I believe they were playing. Yep. Um, and mm-hmm. so Jake Fromm will make his first start. He is also, I think he's a true freshman uh, quarterback. Mm-hmm. He'll be making his first collegiate start on the road night game at South Bend. Now, I follow some people on Twitter who work for um, – they, they used to be – 
scout, but now they kind of like merge with CBS Sports and 24-7. So mm-hmm. uh, Pete, Sam- Pete Sampson, who works for Iris Illustrated, um, he says that it looks like the Georgia Bulldogs have invaded Indiana. Um, I saw a tweet yesterday of them at Wrigley Field, and there was a UGA chant that was pretty loud that broke out Jeez. at Wrigley <laughs> Field. And so who I, I'm – I'm a little bit concerned about if this is going to be a neutral site game and what is supposed to be a home game <laughs> for Notre Dame, but it should be a fun I wonder if they evacuate it. A lot of people probably were okay with it. They're evacuating from the hurricane. They're like, you know what, let's just go to the ball game. <laughs> I mean, possibly. I don't know where Athens falls in terms of, you know, if that's a, if it's close to um, yeah. area, you know, close to some uh, areas of whether like the tail of the hurricane, because, where mm-hmm. I'm from, like, I'm from Louisiana originally. Um, Jonesboro, Louisiana is, like, 10 hours, 8 to 10 hours away from New Orleans, we're northern part of the state. But when hurricanes hit, I mean, that weather still has a ripple effect and can cause some, some flooding. So it could be possible yeah. that we're like, look, we bought these tickets anyway. We got we got some bad weather getting out of town. But yeah. it's going to be a fun one tonight. Um, I have no idea what to expect because Notre Dame's had a lot of turnover. New quarterback in particular, new, thank God, a new defensive coordinator who is supposed to be pretty good. And so that's <laughs> going to be fun. But, I mean, the Bulldogs got some beasts. I mean, their freshman quarterback notwithstanding, their defense, Lorenzo Carter, I know for sure, is still there. I think he's a sophomore, if not a sophomore, a junior, and who's got some NFL potential, and he's on the defensive end. And so he's going to test Notre Dame's offensive line, um, Pretty, which is a pretty um, – I mean, they have a bunch of seniors and juniors, so they have a lot of returning talent. They're not fresh face starters, so that'll be fun. So that's tonight, yeah. and um, that's it from my, my Notre Dame perspective. I don't really have too much to add to that. You know, it'll really be – I mean, it's going to hinge upon Notre Dame's defensive coordinator deciding does he want to make the freshman beat him, you know. Um, because even if you do put eight in the box, look, Nick Chubb, Sony Michael, these kids, man, this is – they got some good, good, good running backs there at Georgia. Um, so I don't know what what that front eight looks like for Notre Dame, but but it's going to really uh, set the tone if they can get in there, you know, make the freshmen make plays. Because I mean, Notre or Georgia's, you know, they, they don't have uh, their normal guys out there on the edges, you know, as far as wide receivers. I think McKenzie's in the NFL now. I think um, a couple of other guys got uh, drafted too. So. Their playmakers solely rely on them running backs, but, man, they can beat you. Gosh. Well, Notre Dame's defensive front, they have struggled recruiting rush ends, and they have struggled recruiting quality interior linemen, especially the last couple of cycles. They actually uh, have two true freshmen in the rotation. Like, that's how bad it's been for them recruiting-wise over the last couple of cycles and getting interior linemen. Um, They're starting to get better, but, I mean, you won't see that pay dividends – in terms of being, you know, quality, trusted guys for at least the next couple of years. Although, again, having true, two true freshmen in your rotation early on, that getting that, that experience is going to do wonders. But, yeah, that's going to be tough. Um, linebackers are pretty good. But, again, if, you know, the linemen for Georgia are able to get to the second level and with, like you said, with Chubb and Michelle, like, uh, yeah, that's that's no good. No good. So And safety play is going to be huge for Notre Dame, another place where they haven't been able to recruit well. So, you know, I mean, it's – they had – again, Mike Elko, who's the defensive coordinator, is supposed to be able to work wonders. I mean, he had Wake Forest as a top, I think, 10 or 15 defense. 
uh, the last couple of years. So, I mean, mm-hmm. if you can do that at Wake Forest, you get you get an yeah. talent at Notre Dame, even though it's going to take a little bit to get there. Um, it's not Brian Van Gorder. I, I mean, anything yeah. it's about anything and anyone is an improvement over BVG. So, uh, we'll see what happens. That happens tonight. Unfortunately, poor planning on my part. I don't know how much of the game I'll be able to see because I'll be bowling. Uh, hey. going on. So, we'll see how much of that goes down tonight. Uh, how much I'll be able to see. So, final game we'll look at on the college football docket is a college game days there. It's the game of the week. The rematch from last year, Ohio State and Oklahoma in uh, Columbus going down tonight also on ABC. Um, last year this game was a laugher. Um, Ohio State blew the doors off of Oklahoma in Oklahoma. Um, now, the granted, they've lost, like, what, eight starters from that team. Yeah. Pretty much all of them got drafted last year, but – I mean, they still have Urban, you know, he reloads. Like, he doesn't have to rebuild, he reloads. And so they have just as much NFL talent on defense again. Um, Oklahoma's lost a few guys to the NFL, obviously. Um, D.D. Westbrook's gone, Joe Mixon's gone, but they ha- still have Baker Mayfield. And so mm-hmm. want, I'm pretty sure redemption is going to be on their mind. No Bob Stoops, Lincoln Riley, now the, now the head coach there. But what are your thoughts about this game, and uh, who do you think's got the edge? Actually, uh, I mean, I'm going to stick with Ohio State having the edge because they're playing um, in Ohio State. Um, but I, I feel like this is a game that Oklahoma can get back, especially after what we saw Ohio State do last week as far as coming out pretty flat um, against Indiana. Um, now they're probably – that was in, at Indiana, so they're probably going to be more excited to be back home um, there um, in Columbus. Um, but – it, what I'm I'm seeing Baker Mayfield as the best offensive player on the field, um, and I'm seeing um, an Oklahoma team that really, you know, from what I saw last week, whether they were playing solid competition or not, I think they had Tulsa. But it, was it Tulsa? Mm, it was Tulsa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I mean, yeah. They just they impressed me. They impressed me. So I know it's a it's, it's the fifth ranked team in the nation against the second. So it's not necessarily a big big upset. Um, because I think Auburn might give Clemson some trouble tonight too. Um, but uh, but I, yeah, yeah, I think um, I think that Oklahoma has a good chance of going in there and getting this win, and I think that's a huge, huge win for the Big Twelve, which needs Oklahoma and Oklahoma State to continue to be good. <laughs> Right, and I never even thought about it from that landscape just because we're so far away, but you're right. Like, for the college football playoff, I think mm-hmm. the perception of the Big 12 is going to be so down this year. I mean, Baylor lost to some little sisters of the poor. I forget who they lost to. Um, yeah. Um, although, I feel like Baylor's a unique case. I don't remember. Be, it, was. I can't, I, it was some lower-level team. Yeah. It might have been uh, I can't say. It might have been. It was. It was a division. It was a division two school. I can't. Liberty. That should be them. Liberty. Yeah. So they lost yeah. to Liberty. Um. You know. And so I think across the board, I think the Big Twelve is going to be down this year. Um. And so for in terms of quality wins, like Oklahoma is going to need to win this game and going on the road. And if you this would, to me is considered an upset, even though I'm pretty sure both teams are ranked inside the top ten. Um, Top five, be an man. Upset, in my opinion, if Ohio State, yikes, if Ohio State is able to win this game. So uh, I'm going with Ohio State. Uh, I do agree the slow start, especially offensively, was kind of weird. But then the second half, they just kind of poured it on Indiana. Yeah. And the defense got its stuff together. But, I, I mean, I'm still going to roll with Urban Meyer. Shout out to Urban Meyer for calling out these coaches, by the way. 
Um, hey. Was, uh, Tom Herman. Um, you know, you sign up for it. Like, he, he hit the nail on the head. You sign up for a job. It's not these are the old coaches' guys, and then these new recruits are my guys. And, look, I'm a Notre Dame fan. Brian Kelly was guilty of doing this same thing at Notre Dame. It's not those guys, my guys. No, these are our guys. This is your team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and the, in the case of Tom Herman, when he got when he got there, um, first of all, the old coach, um, whose face I can see, whose name, Charlie Strong, was mm-hmm. said. Was, I mean, he kind of put a hex out there, like there's enough talent here for this to be a 10-win team next year. So you kind of had that quote lingering in the air. In fall practice, Tom Herman said, "Hey, we got the the tools to compete and be really good." And then after getting having a 50 burger hung up on you by Maryland, Maryland <laughs> yeah. of all, Maryland. <laughs> Maryland, you know, like a basketball school, (laughs) Michigan State, you know what I'm saying? Like a school that's had some some history of being good over the last five years could have done that to you, but not Maryland. Um, But he wants to come out and make the excuses about there not being enough talent. I'm just like, nah, man, like I'm not. And the national media kind of rode with that. And I'm like, nah, 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 nah. I'm not riding with that. And you know, yourself Um, and and me me and you have, um, we we have kind of firsthand seen this you know, in some of the circles that we rock with, especially like at Nebraska with um, – who's at Nebraska coach at Nebraska? Mike Riley. Mike Riley, yeah. Mike Riley. Um, you know, we heard some inside stories about him coming in and it kind of being his guys, my guys, you know, type stuff. So I think that this this perception and in, in, in who starts and who I recruited and who was already here is actually a very, very real thing in college football. Um and I, I agree with Urban Meyer. You know, it, the last thing you want to do is publicly get out there and make a comment like, we're not going to just sprinkle fairy dust on this crap, you know, or whatever. It, basically what he insinuated, this team that has not been good and overnight we're going to be good, you know, because ultimately you're just basically telling your squad, like, there's a reason why you haven't been good because you haven't been coached correctly and because you're not good. But don't worry, we'll get you there, you know. What kind of that, what does what does that do for your confidence? Right, exactly. I agree. I agree one hundred percent. So that's the, kind of our college football coverage for this week. Um, let us know, man. Obviously, with this anchor app, you can call in and give your feedback on what you think about what we talked about: Notre Dame, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma. Um, shout out to Auburn and Clemson. Those sneaky good games. Two quarterbacks mm-hmm. who, I mean, Kelly Bryant for Clemson came out, killed it. Jared Steedham, who transferred from, I believe, from Baylor. Um, it's now mm-hmm. Auburn as their as their quarterback, who was a highly touted, I believe, was a five star guy coming out of high school. So that should be a sneaky fun matchup. Any matchup that you're interested in, give us a call, give us your feedback on that. Let us know what you're watching today across the college football. Um, um, I, you know, if it wasn't for fantasy, I would not be as excited for the NFL. But now we have we're in several leagues together. We're excited mm-hmm. to. Uh, to uh to watch football from that perspective and and being in Kansas City on Thursday uh the Chiefs took on the Patriots and I picked the Chiefs to win the game because I said the Chiefs this is what the Chiefs do they win the games they don't expect you to win and then when they get to the playoffs they find the most unusual of ways to break your heart um, mm-hmm. and so I expected them to win this game um I mean we hung out a little bit while the game was going on I had a I was confident like even when things were not going so well first half I'm like, they can get it back. They can do this. They can win this game. So uh, were you shocked to see them go into Foxborough when they unleashed, unfurl the banner 
with the clown, Guadagadale clown show, clown bro, towels and shirts, and see them get this victory? I was shocked to see them win the way they won um, and be so dominant, I think, in the second half and really made the Patriots look um, pretty normal. I mean, the way the defense, the pressure got to Brady, the why well, I felt like they scored on the Patriots kind of with ease, you know, with two plays, probably over 50-yard touchdown passes. Um, things you don't see disciplined New England Patriot teams let happen. Um I, I was one of the people who thought either Kansas City is about to get stomped or they're going to win a close game. And honestly, I mean, they 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 came out and, and really put it on New England in the second half. So, yeah, it shocked me. Um, you know, as you and, and I know and you, you, you've stated before, Alex Smith had the, one of the three Alex Smith games he's going to have this year. You know, luckily he did it against the Patriots, but he's going to have about three of these games that makes you say, gosh, why can't he do this a little bit more consistently? <laughs> and it's irritating, but at the same time, it really excited, uh, excited the fan base here. And I think that um, uh, it, it's good because I think that it really positions the Chiefs to, to win the division again. So, Yeah, like I was completely shocked to see the stat that Alex Smith, who was drafted in 05, so we're 12 years in, only had seven 300-yard games. Like, mm-hmm. that, like that that was shocking to me to see that. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I, don't, I think he might only have one or two 400 games. Wait, well, I mean, I'll, I won't – 400 to me is kind of like those are rare games, you know. It's, it's mm-hmm. like hitting four home runs in a game, although guys like Breeze and Brady and, and, and Rodgers kind of seemingly – you seem at least twice a year they might hit that mark. But I mean, for I I won't necessarily hold that against him. But in the era and the way the league has transitioned into being such a passing league, that stat was just completely shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I figured he would be some. After twelve years, I thought he would be somewhere in the double digits by this point. But yeah. we know Alex. Alex is a dink and dunk guy, and in the first half is what you saw. Like he wasn't taking mm-hmm. shots. There were opportunities to take shots. He wasn't taking them. I don't give him credit for the Tyree Kill one. I mean, he was wide open. Like, if yeah. Alex doesn't throw the ball in that scenario, you bench him and you bring in Pat Mahomes right now. Yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, because, like, he's got to make that throw. I do give him credit for the, the Kareem Hunt throw. It was a great pass. It was on the money, and Kareem took it from there. Um, and while we were talking about Kareem Hunt, shout out to Kareem Hunt. Like, as a rookie, you come in, your first start, um, and you fumble on your very first handoff and when you had never done that. In your college career, I think he had fumbled once at Toledo. He recovered his own fumble. And then after that, he just went on and beasted, you know, setting records for yards from scrimmage um, for, for, I think, for a rookie, right? I think it's for a rookie, not necessarily for running and, back in general. And shout-out shout out to the, the Chiefs for putting him in the next drive, handing him the ball and letting him give him seven yards, you know, um, because yep. they very well could have been like, you know what, Wes, you're proven. We can't get down early. Get in the game, Sharkandrick. We'll get Kareem Hunt back in here. You know, maybe give him a series or two. Maybe the nerves are getting to him. But the next drive, there was Kareem Hunt. He got the ball, and they stayed with him. So shout out to shout out to Andy Reid in regards to that, because I know like we were talking with uh, David Wilson with the Giants a few years ago. He literally fumbled, and then I don't think we ever saw him on the field again. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he. I think a spinal injury ended ended his career. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you're right. Like, he fumbled, like, three or four times. I think he fumbled on kickoffs. He fumbled from the, you know, on handoffs. 
And he basically, his rookie season ended before it really began. And then I think his second year, he he had the spinal injury that pretty much, or the neck, mm. the neck or spinal, that pretty much ended his career. But you're right, like, he fumbled his way out of a starting job within, like, a week. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, shout out to Kareem Hunt for, for rebounding and uh, putting up huge, huge numbers as a starter. He was a guy I really liked coming out of the draft. I did not expect this as a start, although there are huge questions about uh, the Patriots' defense right now. And the last thing I'll, I'll say about the game in that game in particular is, you know, I hate – so I have this love-hate relationship with the media, especially sports-related media. Um, and leading up to this season, the media created this narrative of can the Patriots go 19-0 and based on nothing. Like, based on – like, normally we don't – we engage in undefeated season talk after you've gone 8-0. Like, you actually have to pl- have put games on the field and play before we will engage in – can this team do it? Can they go undefeated talk? And they started, they created this story from jump. They brought it to training camp to the Patriots. They lose game one. And now everyone now is, well, this is absurd. No way they could go. And I'm just like, you made this story. You don't get to call it absurd when you are the one who created this entire narrative. It was, this wasn't talk from the Patriots about going undefeated. They just were like, Hey, we're, we're just taking it, you know, you know, football or, or sports speak. We're taking it one game at a time, one practice at a time. Blah, 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 blah. They put their pants on the same way we do type rhetoric. And, I mean, it's it was it was infuriating to listen to national media, one, not really talk about the Chiefs, number one. Um, after you built this juggernaut in everyone's heads of the Patriots, then you don't give the team that beat them opening game of the season credit. But then it becomes, well, how ridiculous and absurd this talk was. So, um, Yeah, this yeah, is, um, this is the NFL. Game. This is the NFL, you know. Um, you can start your undefeated talk in college football because you have powerhouses that literally maybe lose one game every year, you know. Um, but there's so many parts in the NFL. There's so many different, you know, with free agency. It's just I, I have rarely ever heard anybody talk, can a team go undefeated, you know, like because a team going undefeated is like literally it hasn't been done in, what, 56 years, 46 years. Uh, let's see. It is forty-five years, right? Forty-five. Nineteen seventy-two was the Dolphins. Seventy-two, yeah. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. so um, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah that's it. Is just kind of wild, but yeah, you know, that's basically what I took from it is um, the Chiefs, you know, beating the Patriots Thursday night um, can't get to your head. You got to come out um, next week and you got to play because the Chiefs are the are known to, to, like you said, win that game and then lose at home to, you know, the Jaguars for some reason <laughs> or something. Right. They got oh, the, the Eagles. Yeah, they got the Eagles next week, home opener. People are going to be jacked yeah. up, and it would not surprise me at all if the Eagles beat them. And if they beat them yeah. soundly the next yeah, week. Yeah, I agree. Because that's just what they do. I agree. Yeah, so. But, no, yeah. man, it's a good, good, good day of football ahead of us. Um, good day tomorrow of football, hopefully, ahead of us. And, and much luck to any of your fantasy football teams that are not playing me. <laughs> yes, sir. So, real quick, we're going to get ready to close out, but want to close out with the other kind of marquee game on the schedule. Sunday night football, Giants, uh, I believe it's Giants at Cowboys, to start mm. Sunday night football off. And huge story has been, obviously, Ezekiel Elliott, who I, speaking of fantasy, drafted on two of my teams. And probably hey. because I, I thought there was a highly likely um, – scenario would play out where they would he would be granted an injunction to play this entire season now there's there's still a possibility the nfl could try to 
appeal that during the season. Um, I don't think they will. I think they would have learned from Deflategate and wanted to have that play out later. But the judge over, presiding over this case pretty much put out in his ruling said that the NFL's appeals process was a miscarriage of justice, not only for Ezekiel Elliott, but also for the accuser as well. They, he, they, he basically said, you guys screwed this up in every way, form, imaginable to screw it up and could, which has always been my issue with the NFL is that they act like a prosecuting attorney's office, but then they also um, try to stack the deck against you in ways that are just – that if this were an actual court, um, they, would, like, they would lose their license to practice law. Um, if they mistrial, and they would, they would, they would actually, they would lose their license. So he gets to play uh, week, not only week one, but for the foreseeable future, um, and that changed the landscape of the Cowboys' season as a whole because you have, you know, one of the best running backs in the league um, with you for the foreseeable future. And on the other side, there's Eli, and I live by one rule: you do not trust Eli. <laughs> Death taxes, and don't and trust don't Eli. I mean, you could give him Jerry Rice. You could give him Emmitt Smith, Barry Sanders in the backfield. You could give him, you know, um, Tony Gonzalez or Shannon Sharp at tight end, and you would say, would you trust Eli to win the game with those players around him? No. You could give Anthony Munoz as a left tackle. Like, there is under no circumstance will I ever trust Eli Manning to win a a big football game for me. Uh, What about you? Who do you think's got the edge in the game? I think the the Cowboys definitely have the edge in the game. They're at New York, correct? I, you know what? I'm afraid to do anything on this phone that might affect. Yeah, me. I agree. Up. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it's at. I feel like it's at at the Cowboys. I don't know why. Okay. I, know. I just feel like it's at Jerry World. Well, it, regardless, I think they're going to have a stick it to you mentality um, with with Zeke. They have the best offensive line in football, if not the best top five. Um, and um, it seems to be all their weapons are healthy. You know, Cole Beasley, Des Bryant's there. Um. Mr. Reliable, Jason basically the, the the opposite of Eli Manning. Um, <laughs> Jason Witten um, is, is there. A fifth um, round so you, pick. A fifth, oh, or is it a sixth-round pick? I'm sorry to cut you off. A sixth-round pick. Yeah, the six, the six, yeah, sixth-round, you know. Um, Yikes. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Somebody just, somebody's a fan of reaching. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I, think the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys get it. But I am, I know that you don't I – mean, I'm excited to see what this – three-headed monster of uh, Beckham Jr., Brandon Marshall, and Sterling Shepard looks like. I think that could be dynamic if somehow Eli can settle in, the offensive line's good, and he can, you know, um, make some plays. I think he's got a great wide receiving core. Um, But the running back situation in in New York has always just been like, who, what, now? I think they got Paul Perkins um, and somebody else. Uh, Shane Shane Vereen is a backup. Yeah, so um, I don't know. We'll see, but I, I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm taking the Cowboys by at least uh, – I'm taking the Cowboys by four and a half. So I, I think they get them by a touchdown. Yeah, so real, I'm glad – I'm interesting that you brought up – so this is for entertainment purposes only. Like, we're not advising you to do anything with your money on gambling and things like that. And if you have a problem, I'm pretty sure it's 1-800-BETS-OFF. I think it's the number. Yep. Um, <laughs> but but – um. Speaking of spreads, to jump back real quick to Kansas City, that nine-point dog for Kansas City was free money, in my opinion. Like, yes, that was free, free money. Respectful. If you had the bread to put on it, 
that was disrespectful. It's not like they were facing the Jets or the Bills right now. This was a playoff team, a division winner that brought – yes, they lost some talent, obviously, on both sides of the ball, but you not enough where they would be nine-point dogs. Um, I've, yeah, I think, I think if for entertainment purposes, I, would, I think the Giants are the four-point dogs. I would take them to cover. I would take them to cover. Oh, you I, I don't think it, it – if yeah, I think I think so. I think it would be a three-point win – or it's either going to be a three-point win or a seven-point win. And I, for this reason, to get to the actual play on the field, Giants defense is for real, really good. Yes, Cowboys Landon Collins. A lot. Yep, yep. Cowboys defense lost a lot on their side of the ball, um, although the Giants offensive line is suspect. Very, mm-hmm. very suspect, which hurts their ability to run the football. So well, We might I get like to see Jalen Jalen Smith out there. You think he, think he gets a few plays? Hey. Shout out to Jalen Smith. I think he is going to. Um, he might start. He might start. I think they're going to cap. They're going to cap his play early on, so he might be twenty or thirty snaps um, to start as they wait for. I think the nerves in his knee have still not regenerated, so some mm. called drop foot. Um, so he has like this insert in his foot uh, to help him move. So we'll see how that how that works for him. Um, he's a Notre Dame product. And just a general, from what I know, all-around good guy, so I root for that guy to do well, um, even though I'm a Niners fan. So I'm hoping he'll be able to get in and play and be effective for the Cowboys. Um, speaking of X-Factors, tight end, not Jason Witten, Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram, I do think yeah. he's a guy with all that Yep, with all that talent around. We'll see if Odell will play. Um, I think he's still – I think he's on track, I think, to still play. But we'll see what happens there. But – I think that's a guy down the seams with Brandon Marshall, with Sterling Shepard, and Odell all on the field could stand to be a big, big push and in, in, uh, in receptions and and productivity. So, um, Black U, I'm rolling with the Cowboys because I don't trust Eli. Um, that's really what it comes down to. I never trust Eli. So, you guys can let us know what you think. Hit us up. Who you think has got uh, this matchup? You got some that? No, no, man, that's good. That's good. Never trust Eli. Hashtag. Um, yeah, hit us up on Anchor. Uh, hopefully, you know after we. After yep. we um, after we upload this, you know, we'll, we'll see that it's, it's pretty nice. I mean, obviously there's a little bit of delay there uh, rather than, you know, actually being in person for the podcast. But, uh, yeah, maybe we can get one or one or two of these, you know, especially if something sports-wise pops up and we just, we're, we're not planning the podcast for the next five or six days and it's something that we just need to talk about, you know. Um, yeah, so definitely, man, y'all keep yep. following us on Anchor. We'll try to be as active on here as possible um, and, uh, and, and and have a good weekend, man. And also, 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 happy birthday! Um, <laughs> so, uh, if you guys, you guys know a one as as a one or as Dan, um, it's, it's been Dan's birthday this past week. Um, so, man, uh, blessings, bro. Um, I know you're going out tonight. I'm gonna try and hook up with you. I got my family in town, so but I'm gonna try and link up for a little while. But, uh, but happy birthday, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Real quick, um, we'll just come right back through this, through all the particulars. SoundCloud backslash at Brains, or SoundCloud.com, Brains and Bars. iTunes, Google Play Store, search It's a Black and White Thing. Um, you can go to AmpedEntertainment.net to check out the podcast. Facebook and Twitter, search at Brains and Bars. Follow us there. Subscribe on Facebook. I am Award.com, right? Yep. All right, IamAward.com to follow all of his battles. Hopefully you got some coming up here. New one just dropped, though, four days' notice against D-Lo out in Oklahoma. It was a fire battle. You can go check that out. 
Um, and yeah, that's it, man. So we appreciate y'all listening to our debut show on the Anchor app. Uh, like I said, like Awar said, we'll try to be consistent on here as much as we can. And uh, until next time, man, we appreciate y'all. Hit us up, man. Let us know what you think about the show. Any topic, college football, NBA, WNBA, playoffs getting ready to start, WNBA. And uh, we'll be glad to hear from you and incorporate that into the show. But until next time, I'm A1. He's A Ward, and it's been a black and white thing. Yeah, you're right. There's a little <laughs> bit of delay. So we'll holler at y'all next time, man. All right, dude. Peace.